Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you guys are having an absolutely fantastic day today. As always, hope you guys had a good weekend. We're here on the show right now, working some stuff out as far as with some of the video feed, but we still are live with audio, so bear with us in a couple minutes. We'll have the video feed right up and running for y'all. And one thing that I saw this weekend, and I was talking to some friends about as far as when it comes to health and children's health, is why it is so important on a regular basis to make sure that the adequate nutrients are being given on a regular basis to children. Because, you know, children are really active. They're constantly running around, well, in most cases, I should say. I guess some of the children nowadays in this generation aren't really doing much of anything except sitting around and, uh, you know, iPads. But I'm talking about the kids that are actually active and you're actually really trying to work on their health is that you have to continually make sure they're getting updated and active nutrients, especially like B vitamins and so forth. And my son this morning, he was going out of school and he grabbed the bottle of multiple chewable. He's like, oh, dad, I forgot my chewable. I said, okay. So he opens it up, grabs like two or three of them and runs out the door, headed for school. And I thought as myself, I thought this is you know pretty cool. You know, he's, he knows he needs to take his vitamins. He's used to taking them every day. He likes the way he feels on them. And so when he does this, it made me realize like, okay, we're, we got something rolling here. And I continue to encourage families and friends, make sure you're encouraging your children to make proper decisions with their health. You know, children, you ha- can't just allow them to make all the decisions they want all the time when they're small kids, clearly. You can't sit there and be like, oh, do you guys want Drano or do you guys want water for dinner? That's obviously not healthy or safe or anything I would ever recommend. So I'm being kind of sarcastic with that. But one aspect of it that you have to be able to do is you've got to give them options so they continually make their own choices, but it's got to be kind of controlled choices. So you know whichever choice they make, it's still going to be beneficial for them, but it's giving them the ability to start making decisions and making choices. And that's what I go back to when I was talking about nutrients and vitamins and food is that you don't want to constantly have to sit there and be, you know, some type of Gestapo parent where you can't eat this, you can't eat this, you can't eat this, you have to eat this only. Because at that point, it's not their choice to eat clean. It's simply what you're trying to force upon them. On the same note, you can't just be open-ended and say, okay, do you guys just want to eat chicken nuggets and ice cream for every single meal every day? That's what you guys decided you want. That's what we're going to make. That's not healthy either. So again, making and allowing them to have kind of those controlled decisions, it really helps them as far as grow in decision-making, but also helps them grow in a healthy standpoint, even when they start getting older. That way, when they're out and about, they make some junk food when they're out with their friends and their teenagers, but overall, they've eaten clean most of their life, that it just becomes a habit of a lifestyle choice. Because that's one thing I've talked about before and dad's talked about for years as well is that lifestyle choice when it comes to diet, it has to be, again, just that. It's a lifestyle choice. It can't just be a fad diet you're eating or taking on to try to do something for a short period of time. That's what you see like contest diets for like, you know, bodybuilding shows. They're not sustainable long term. I mean, you can't stay at, you know, low, 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 low single digit body fat year round. It's just not sustainable. And so it happens as your energy levels decrease after a while, it just becomes exhausting to try to maintain that level of leanness, but it's for a specific time. However, when it comes to being healthy and overall just generally good shape, that's something you can do on a daily lifestyle basis year after year and continue to maintain your health. And when you start instilling that in young children at an early age, it makes a huge difference when they start getting older later on. So if you guys got any questions or anything, be sure to give us a call up at healthmasters.com. We're always here to help you guys out the best we possibly can the top quality supplements, and on top of that as well, lots of different specials and sales on right now, including the fat-burning stack, which is on right now, and also the product of the week, the N-acetylcysteine, on sale for over 12% off right now at healthmasters.com. So be sure to check that out as well and update anything you want as far as on those uh, different sales specials because it looks like the natokinese, 
and also the magnesium and malate are on sale right now, excuse me, uh, excuse me, are going to be up for vote for this week for sale. So be sure to vote on those which you want to see. And one of the first things that I saw earlier this week, and uh, actually over the weekend, I was watching some news articles and looking at some stuff, and there's all this mainstream media now, the exact same cover story, basically trying to trying to escalate the Red Sea conflict over there and what's going on. And you guys know this is something that's been pre-planned for a while. They knew this is going to be something they needed to do to control a lot of the narrative in that area, control a lot of the shipping, control a lot of the conflict. I've told you guys before about one of my really good friends who's basically retired ranger, GRS contractor, told me as soon as the thing started in Ukraine, he said verbatim, this was before any of this stuff ever came out. This is back in 2022. He said, Yemen has to continually be funded with weapon systems. They don't have the ability to basically just gather all these weapon platforms, heavy weapon platforms, without being funded by other countries. And Ukraine is being one of the biggest weapon laundering programs we've ever witnessed before. He told me this, going down through the Black Sea, through Turkey, and right down through the Middle East into Yemen. Now, it's interesting about this is this article has come out now that's being repeated on every mainstream news outlet. It says, U.S. says it shot down anti-ship cruise missile from Houthi-controlled areas, a U.S. fighter jet downed an anti-ship cruise missile fired from Houthi, Houthi militant areas of Yemen towards a U.S. destroyer operating in the Red Sea, said the U.S. military on Sunday. The mid-air interception is the latest incident in the Red Sea where the Houthis have attacked international shipping in what they say is a campaign to support the Palestinians under siege from Israel forces in Gaza. It follows a series of American and British airstrikes on Houthi targets in Yemen that have drawn threats of strong response from the Iranian-backed militia. There were no injuries or damage reported in the latest incident, according to U.S. Central Command and CENTCOM. Now, the first question that I asked when I saw this, and the first question that, or the first answer that nobody's been able to give me, is where are the Houthi rebels acquiring LRASM missiles from? Those are long-range anti-ship missiles. These are essentially extremely advanced weapon systems. They are able to be essentially precision routed, guided, stealth, day or night, all weather conditions. And essentially they're put together as precision guided intelligence, anti-ship missiles. And they're very, very effective weapon systems. They run usually around three to $4 million per missile. These aren't something that Houthi rebels are brewing up in their backyard. This isn't even something that a lot of countries have the ability to manufacture. These are extremely sophisticated weapon systems with extremely sophisticated electronics and weapon chips in order to operate these things. So how are the Houthi rebels getting a hold of LRASM missile systems? That million-dollar answer, in my opinion, it's Ukraine. These systems were given to Ukraine over the last years, including Javelin missiles and other type of missiles and Patriot missile systems from Lockheed through government contracts that basically had been supplied through the massive 150, almost $200 billion in funding now that we've put forward to continue to support Ukraine. This is why you do not see any politicians at all even remotely talking about reducing weapon systems to Ukraine. They have to continue to fund that country right now. There's no ability whatsoever they can continue to cut supplies from Ukraine because that means it would cut supplies from other primary war countries that they need to have conflict in right now, and that primary one is Yemen. So again, always ask questions on what you're looking at. Always do research when you're actually going and looking at stuff because when you start really doing the deep research, you find out exactly what's going on. We supply the weapon systems to the entire world. That's why the military-industrial complex is so effective. You know, I remember my years back when I heard the issue about what was going on in Ukraine in 2022, and I talked to my ranger buddy who's retired GRS contractor about it. One thing he also told me was a story when he got his 
basically one of his last contract rotations out from GRS. And he told me this is, this is why he finally quit. He retired from GRS is that they were told they had to basically supply the uh, moderate rebels that were going on in the Middle East that was happening that was basically to fight uh, Al Qaeda. You remember all this? This is back under um, Obama. So they came in and said, listen, we have to supply the moderate rebels with weapons. They're giving them grenades. They're giving them surface air missiles. They're giving machine guns, ammunition. All these weapon systems were being supplied to the moderate rebels. You heard this all the time. And what's crazy about it is the GRS contractors were actively supplying these weapon systems to the moderate rebels. Now, what happened was he, they met a lot of these guys, a lot of these leaders. A lot of these, they're heavily funded. I mean, these guys were getting enormous amounts of weaponry, equipment, machinery, vehicles, all kinds of stuff, essentially through the CIA programs that were being very covert. When he got back off that last rotation, he flat out said when he got home and he started watching the news, the very same guys that they were giving all those weapon systems to, the moderate rebels, they were now being called ISIS on national television. And they showed them in their parades with all their, their, their Toyota trucks with their flags and their machine guns. And that was the million-dollar question that all of us asked back then is, who in the world is supplying these guys the, the new ISIS system? Who is supplying these guys with all these trucks, brand-new Toyota trucks, brand-new weapons, all these things? And he flat-out said, we were personally and he said after that that was his last contract he did with them because he realized at that point they were playing both sides of the narrative and they were feeding both sides of the war which the banker boys are notorious for doing they feed both sides so it's something to be aware of it's something to understand and that's why i bring a lot of this stuff up so you have better understanding of it also too in other news this is interesting part from the net issues we're seeing now with the constant problems with the vaccine side effects a review published on december 26 and vaccine Researchers found that non-live vaccines like COVID-19, hepatitis B, DTaP, many others, increase a person's risk of all-cause mortality and potential risk of infections from diseases that are meant to protect against. The live vaccine contains a weakened form of the pathogen, which is less virulent, but capable of replicating the body, <coughs> thus mimicking the actual disease progression. Non-live vaccines are inactivated viruses, fragments, or genes of the pathogen to trigger an immune response. However, they found now the research is that these vaccines that they're giving now have enormous problems on the immune system long-term and can cause a host of other side effects. Imagine that. This is what we've talked about with the young kids. And this is why I've warned everybody and I've constantly give people intel and information on a regular basis to really ask questions with these young kids when it comes to vaccines due to the fact that not only, especially when they're a year and a year and a half old, they don't even have a developed immune system. But when you start in massive droves, exposing these kids, not through a natural way of these viruses, but injecting them in the muscle tissue, right, in the bloodstream, and vaccine after vaccine after vaccine with all these viruses, it's going to have long-term side effects. There is no other aspect to it because when you look at the research, and here's the kicker that nobody wants to address, when these vaccines, even like DTaP and basically the MMR vaccine, when these vaccines went through research and testing they went through clinical trials even the ones that went through year after year and they said they were supposedly safe and they didn't have issues they don't test the mmr vaccine in clinical trials with dtap and the covid vaccine and all these other vaccines in conjunction they test those vaccines solely in controlled groups through the clinical trials look at the research and say okay they're safe and effective well, what happens is when they start rolling this out and they put on the shot schedule, you start having six, seven, eight different vaccines that are all injected at one time with these kids. And then people start wondering why they have all these health problems. They start having these massive immune responses, massive inflammation responses because 
they were never designed to be injected and exposed to this level of viral viral load this quick as also being injected into your body. A childhood a child gets exposed to say measles. Okay. Well, they exposed to mumps. Okay. They get exposed to chickenpox. Never have children been exposed to that many viruses naturally in society at one point in time. It doesn't happen. So this is something that you really got to look at and understand. If there's something that's going on, you've got to look at it and go, okay. All right, and we're back. <laughs> Sorry, we had a little technical glitch there for you guys. Hope you guys have so far uh, enjoyed the show, <laughs> so far what we got here. And just finishing off what was going on with that as I was kind of cut off. We had a little bit of transmission issue there. This is why you've really got to do research before you start just blindly allowing your children to get exposed to these shots. Because, again, it's not something that's natural in, in just normal society where children are exposed to six, seven, eight different pathogens at one time, especially dealing with that as far as in an injection standpoint. They're not inhaling it. They're not being exposed to it on their skin. It's going right into their muscles. So, again, more research. I'll post something on the website today and more information that people got to look at and understand what's happening. Also, too, and other aspects of what's happening as far as with health, they're showing now that some vaccinated individuals are reportedly being diagnosed with a new type of disease called Vexus syndrome. That's V-E-X-A-S syndrome, an auto-inflammatory disease that's now being discovered. This is crazy. Many people are familiar with autoimmune diseases, often caused by dysfunction among the adaptive immune systems. Vexus syndrome essentially is caused by mutations in the innate immune cells. It is a mutation in the UBA gene found in the X chromosome. The mutation affects the stem cells in the bone marrow. And what's crazy about this, in 2023 April, French paper reported a 73-year-old man diagnosed with a new Vexus syndrome following a COVID vaccination. Three days after receiving the Pfizer COVID vaccine, the man developed tender bumps under his skin, rashes, and purple spots on his limbs. The skin problems are reportedly very common in Vexus patients. He had later determined to have the UBA1 mutation. The rare incidents of Vexus syndrome and the short delay of three days between vaccination and the onset of symptoms were very suggestive of the vaccine role in triggering this. And so, again, this is what we're seeing now more and more and more. These crazy diseases, these random incidents, these bizarre effects that people are having, they're almost all being related or at least simply amplified by this COVID shot because it's not just the shot that's causing a side effect. It's also what it's doing to the body and here showing that there's mutating different aspects of the body. And so this is something to really be aware of and address it with everybody and encourage people to really do their own research. You know, Austin, it's interesting to me when we see this kind of stuff because we're starting to see all of these different diseases now being basically amplified right yes. now as far as what's happening. And the reason that's happening primarily is because there's an immune system suppressing in the vaccine, which is causing this. In fact, former Trump medical advisor is slammed for comparing long COVID now to HIV. I mean, we told you there was an HIV component to the vaccine. And now they're saying, wait a minute, this is like HIV. Critics are now calling it bad science. Dr. Deborah Bricks, who, by the way, I don't care for, made the comparison to the News Nation this week. Actually said her comparison is scientifically wrong and prone to cause panic. Well, yeah, I imagine it would cause panic. And so it was, as former Trump administration medical advisors claim that long COVID is similar to HIV, Dr. Deborah Bricks, who served as White House coordinator from 2020 to 2021, claimed that like HIV, COVID quietly destroys some people's immune systems, even if they were asymptomatic, leaving them prone to health problems months and years later. That's because it's continuing to stay in the body. That's why we tell you guys. That's why we have the spike protein survival kit that we put in. You have to take proteolytic enzymes, which allow that stuff to stop reproducing in the gut. These things aren't going to stop making more and more and more of spike proteins. And it's not going to continue to, it's going to continue to hold your immune system down because of the immune system suppressant they have in there. So you got to be really careful when you start injecting stuff directly into your body. And that's why, again, I've told you this multiple times, none of us, none of my children, 
take vaccines. I don't take vaccines. Austin doesn't take vaccines. Hunter and Kendall don't take vaccines. Yesterday, I had the privilege. It was, it was really nice. I got to take the kids to church yesterday morning to the Lutheran church, and we got to, they got to go up front, and the, the pastor got to bless them, and the kids were incredibly good. And people were saying to me after church, these are the best-behaved children we've ever seen in our church. And I'm like, wow, okay. We think, well, why is that? Well, they're not, their brains aren't messed up on all kinds of you know, drugs and all kinds of injections. They can actually think. I mean, we're, we're talking five and seven-year-old here, sat in an entire Lutheran service with me the entire time, and they had a coloring book they were playing with, and I was drawing a few, <laughs> I was drawing a few things for them during the service, but we stayed there together and we had fun. And they went up forward with me. The priest blessed them during communion, and we, and we had a blast. And I remember when I was a child, this is kind of a touching moment for me, because when I was a child, my opa, my grandfather, my mother's father, who only spoke German, he would go to church with us every single Sunday and would sit there in the back and I'd lay on his lap or sharing. My, my sister Lois would you know, lean on his shoulder. And I remember that was the grandfather that I had back then. So it was a very touching moment for me yesterday being able to take my kids to church like that. And I really, 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 really enjoyed it. Uh, but of the, but we'll, we'll step away from that for a second. Uh, what's interesting here, and I, I covered this this morning, and I, and, I, and, I, and I did a bunch of research on it uh, you know, with some friends of mine. It says, you know, the Illuminati bankers that we have, these are the Kabbalist Luciferians. They're pushing this whole narrative now as far as what Trump's going to do, as far as he's going to be coming in and taking over the country and using the military to basically enforce his will. Trump tried to use the military already to stop the illegal immigration coming into the United States. They didn't listen to him. They, they said, no, we're not going to do that. So but the NBC News is now admitting there's a deep state that it exists and it's going to save us from Trump's return. The last time, trying, time Donald Trump got within striking distance of the Oval Office in 2016, the Clinton campaign, the Obama administration, and various foreign accomplices invented a hoax accusing the real estate tycoon of being a secret Russian agent who would use the power of the United States to do a Vladimir Putin bidding, which begs the question, why wouldn't Putin have just invaded Ukraine when his puppet Donald Trump would not have waged war against him? That's a good question, isn't it? And this is, a, this is an interesting article because it goes into detail about what Donald Trump is doing and how he's this and how he's that and how he's going to be using the military, and they're really slamming him hard. He says, Donald Trump is sparking fears among those who understand the inner workings of the Pentagon that would convert the nonpartisan U.S. military into the muscular arm of his political agenda. And he makes comments about dictatorship and devalues the checks and balances to undermine the nation's two-century-old democracy. They keep calling it a democracy. It's not. It's a republic. A circle of appointees independent of Trump political operations steered him away from ideas that would have pushed the limits of the presidential power in the last term. In a new, new term, many former officials worried that Donald Trump would insist Instead, surround himself with loyalists unwilling to say no. He is a clear and present danger to our democracy. They use that word again. His support is solid. I don't think people understand what a living in a dictatorship would mean. All of this stuff is basically being used to create the narrative of the right-left paradigm that I've talked about so many times. And these Kabbalist Luciferian bankers just continue to do that, and they're the ones who run the media, and they run these articles that I'm talking to you about. In his book, Geneva versus Peace, the Comte de Saint-Allure, French ambassador to London from 1920-1924, recalled a dinner conversation with Kuhn Lieb director Otto Kahn, which took place shortly after World War I. And this is fast. This is, I've covered this before. I want to cover it again. These Kabbalists are using, and these central bankers are using the Kabbalists in the Zionism to dissolve national identity. They want to unite the world and supplant God and invert reality and do it with a Luciferian state. And he goes on to say that we, the Kabbalists, I'm going to quote this loosely, are a league of nations which contains the elements of all others. It is the fact which qualifies us to unite the nations around us. We are accused of being the agent which dissolves them. It is only at points which are imperious to the synthesis of natural elements of which ours is both the example and the means that we act as a solvent. 
And what they're saying basically here is that the world is being controlled by the international banking cartels, both right and left paradigm. In fact, it's a little more clear in this additional article. It says by Otto Kahn was a partner with Jacob Schiff and Paul Warburg in America's most influential investment bank, Kuhn Lee, which is part of the Federal Reserve. That's what is worth recalling what he said in this Kabbalist Luciferian strategy. Now, what he says is this, ask why bankers would back Bolshevism, a system supposedly immenicable to private ownership. Cotton tugged on his enormous cigar and explained that the bankers create apparent opposites to remake the world according to their specifications. This is pure Kabbalah, by the way. You say that Marxism is the very antithesis of capitalism, which is equally sacred to us. It is precisely for this reason that they are direct opposites to one another, that they put in our hands the two poles of this planet and allow us to be its axis. These opposites, again, meet in the identity of our purpose. Our mission consists of promulgating a new law and creating a god, this would be Lucifer, that is to say purifying the idea of God and realizing it at a time shall come. Our essential dynamism makes use of the forces of destruction and forces of creation. These are the first to nourish the second. Our organization for revolution is evidenced by the destruction of Bolshevism and for the construction by a League of Nations, which was also our work. Now, what I'm saying and I'm telling you guys again, which I've told you, Whenever you see this type of information being released on Donald Trump about how he's going to be a dictator, he's going to be that, he's not going to be any of that. He tried to send the military, like I mentioned earlier, to the, the borders to stop this influx of illegal immigrants. The military refused because they understand the separation of power. Donald Trump's not going to do this. And, but they're telling you that he's going to because they're creating a giant, giant divisive meme here that says, oh, by the way, Donald Trump is the bad guy. He's going to be a Nazi to take over the country through a dictatorship. And then the bankers are coming back and saying, oh, no, he's not because he's gonna, we're going to put Biden back in and we're going to have all these checks and balances still in place. When the fact is the United States government was basically exposed to a, a hostile coup with the assassination of John F. Kennedy, you know, almost 60 years ago now. All of these things are happening around us as we speak. And we're supposed to sit back and look and go, oh, there's nothing to see here. There's nothing to see here. But then you start to understand that this is exactly what they're doing. So the entire election thing, again, is this. If you control the election machines, in other words, Stalin said it this way, it doesn't matter who you vote for. The only thing that matters is who counts the votes. That's what it boiled down to on the last election. Now, I'm not a fan of Biden and I'm not a fan of Trump because Wilbur Ross bought Trump out of bankruptcy with Rothschild Inc. back in 1988. I want to read you this again. And this is from the Los Angeles Times. It says, meet Wilbur Ross, who once bailed out Trump in Atlantic City and is now his pick for Commerce Secretary. Bankers had cut off credit lines, and I'm just letting you guys know that. And he bought them on pennies on the dollar because he was basically a front guy for the Rothschild banking cartel. Same thing happened to Donald Trump. He had these super high when he when he built the Taj Mahal. He had these very high bonds that he had issued, and basically Ross embarked on a strategy to help Trump avoid personal bankruptcy that could have derailed his unlikely trajectory from real estate mogul to reality television star to president-elect. Consider it another investment that has paid off for Ross, whom Trump recently tapped to lead the Commerce of Secretary, and this is an older article, when he was president. Now, here's what's ironic about this. Trump rejected criticism that Roth was too out of touch to serve, saying during a rally last week in Cincinnati, and he goes, basically, this guy, is the, he, is, he, is, he, he works for Rothschild, Inc., as far as the investment house. And this is who runs Ross when he was doing this. So Rothschild bought all of the all of all of Trump's debt, and and this is where we have it right now. So we have a situation with Wilbur Ross, basically, you know, Rothschild cutout is being used to basically get Donald Trump bailed out, 
which is being used to basically end up pushing the narrative again as far as Donald Trump being president again. So this is a mess, Austin. And until you see it from this standpoint and you understand who's pulling the show, you, you've got to look at the guy who's behind the curtain. If you don't see who's behind the curtain, you're never going to find out who in the world runs this planet. And once we understand that, then we can see it from a different perspective. What do you think? You're 100% accurate. That's why we talk about it all the time on this show when it comes to actual truth that's happening. Because when you do the research and you dig down, you find out what's really going on. This is why they've been working for years to prevent people from being able to travel. It's one of the last few free things that people can do. This is why they've gone so far after the the, the FAA is going in and doing all these stupid things with the airlines now. I saw an article earlier here. It was talking about the FAA is actively recruiting workers who suffer from intellectual disabilities, psychiatric problems, and other mental and physical conditions under the new diversity and equity, basically the DEI program, spelling out the new agency's website. They said targeted disabilities are those disabled that the federal government has identified with special emphasis in recruitment and hiring. The initiative is all part of the diversity inclusion program where they're going in now and they're essentially saying that we're going to hire people in the FAA to be, I guess, air control, to do you know, safety monitoring, to do inspections. And we're going to basically be hiring people that have high incidences of mental and intellectual disabilities and physical disabilities. Unbelievable. You know, forbid an airline industry actually try to hire the most competent individuals for, you know, I don't know, to get people safely from point A to point B. <laughs> I don't know. That's just a you know very strange concept, I guess, nowadays. But when you realize what they're doing, they're intentionally trying to prevent people from being able to travel. If you've flown anywhere in the last year or so, you've realized how difficult it is now to get airline tickets, to get flights that actually are halfway decent or not have multiple layovers or actually have stuff that's on time, not getting canceled all the time. It's become horrific. Well, this is all part of the controlled narrative that they're pushing to prevent people. Remember, they've already talked about this now with the new climate change program and what they want to start doing with preventing people have certain amount of carbon tax or carbon tokens. That's what they talk about. They want carbon tokens so you can use your tokens to travel, which essentially is going to be like one major flight per year. If you want to travel more than that, you have to buy more tokens or pay more taxes. This is all about extracting as much wealth as they can from the general populace and keeping people and simply a peasant form. There's another bill that's now come out from Washington State Democrats, and it's a bill to classify ammo as a privilege in order to tax it. <laughs> a use tax is levied on every person in the state for the privilege of using ammunition as a consumer at the rate of 11% of the selling costs. This is crazy. Democrats of Washington State legislator began this year's se session by targeting gun rights by attempting to classify ammunition as a privilege subject to tax. Here in the bill, which is crazy. It's House Bill 2238. It says right here that a use tax is levied on every person in the state for the privilege of using ammunition as a consumer at the rate of 11% of the selling price. So not only do they have state sales tax and they have all these other taxes that are on top of taxes that you're taxed on top of taxes with money that you've already paid taxes on. That's right. That's right. <laughs> now you've got to pay another privilege tax on top of all the other taxes with the money you've already been taxed with to end up purchasing ammunition. I said it years ago when Obama was in office. I said they're never going to be able to go after the firearms and confiscate all the United States. It would literally be a bloodbath. It would be Civil War 2.0. You start having the feds try to use their manpower or military power to go house to house, door to door in the entire United States. We couldn't take Fallujah over in three days. It took us over 50 days with the most advanced Marine Corps infantry because Fallujah said, we're not going to back down. They, the terrorists that were there said, we're not going to stop. And Fallujah was in that big. It took over 50 days with the Marines 
How do you think that's going to happen in the United States? It can't and it won't. So what do you do? You cut the ammunition supply off. You slowly tax the ammunition. You slowly prevent people from being able to get gunpowder reload because now there's a gunpowder shortage. It's funny. We don't have a gunpowder shortage for any of the weapon systems that are going to Ukraine. And then find that funny. We don't have any gunpowder shortages for all the weapons and ammunition that's going to Israel. Mm. But it's we true. somehow now have an ammunition and powder shortage in the United States to produce ammunition. It's kind of funny this happens the exact same time that Lake City now is finalizing and finishing their 556 contract and going with the new caliber that Sig Sauer got the contract for, that they're now saying it's going to be military use only, that ammunition isn't going to be produced for civilian usage. And uh, just coincidental timing, and at the same time now, as I talked earlier on the show, you've got Houthi rebels launching LARAS, <laughs> long-range anti-ship missiles, at a U.S. Navy that's being intercepted by our Air Force. And again, like I said at the beginning of the show, where are the Houthi rebels getting these $3 million missile systems that are very, very advanced guided weapon systems? Ukraine. Oh, <laughs> imagine that. Yeah. And so, again, it's funny how we have these weapons and all these going to different countries that we want to keep destabilized in a constant war so we can keep the narrative going. But yet we need to tax the American population on their ammunition because what's well, a privilege to be able to buy ammunition in the United States now. <laughs> Yeah, you know what's funny with all of it, Austin, is that when we sit here and we watch this stuff in slow-mo like we are right now, you know, the vast majority of the population still has no idea of what's happening. No. They, they, they just think, well, you know, it's, it's, it's Israel. You know, we have to support Israel. We'll be cursed. Uh, you know, Israel, with the greater expansion of Israel, uh, it's, it's basically Israel can go in and kill anybody they want to kill in Gaza, and it's okay. And, and we sit back and we watch it. And we go, well, why can't we criticize this? Why can't we say anything about this? And, you know, and, and right now, Breitbart has a really good article that says Trump says we have wars in Ukraine, Israel and Yemen, but not on our southern border. Okay, Trump's pointing it out. Former Trump President Donald Trump criticized Joe Biden's for his handling of the Middle East and growing conflict in the region under his watch on Friday as a former president prepares to run against him in 2024. So let me get the straight. We're dropping bombs all over the Middle East again. Okay. And our secretary of defense, who just went missing for five days. Some, by the way, by the way, some people say he's dead. Now, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm saying we're looking at a body double now. He got killed. Just went missing for five days. Is running a war from his laptop in a hospital room. Come posted on Truth Social. Remember, this is the same gang that surrendered in Afghanistan, where no one was held accountable or fired. It's the most embarrassing moment in the history of the United States. Well, I consider leaving Hanoi and leaving Vietnam about the same. Now we have wars in Ukraine. Israel and Yemen, but no war on the southern border. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Crooked Joe Biden is the worst president in the history of the United States. Now, I will agree with that concept that he's the worst president in the history of the United States. I will, because he's not president. Just let me, let me finish here. He's senile. He has no, he, all he cares about is his ice cream cone. He has to be helped off the platform to find the exit. He, 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 he shakes hands in the air with imaginary people. He's not running anything. It's, he's a proxy. He's a cutout again. And the problem is they chose a very poor proxy because they didn't know what to do because Donald Trump would have been undefeatable with anybody, period. And so they had to hack the election in order to get him in. They think, well, do you really believe they hacked the election? Well, yeah, I actually do believe that. And I think a lot of you do too. But the reality is, is that will Trump go back in again? And if Trump does go back in again, is he still beholden to the Rothschild banking interest, basically, who own his debt? Ask yourself all of these questions. I mean, why did Donald Trump not stop the massive immigration coming across the border? He tried. I'll give him that. He tried to build a border fence, which many parts of that have been cut down. And now Biden's going in and saying we want to cut out all the razor wires so people can come across more easily and not get hurt. I mean, it's insanity that we have millions of people coming into the United States. I mean, even Chicago now is begging the people in Texas to stop sending immigrants into Chicago because they can't handle it. 
So when's it going to stop? Well, I'll tell you when it's going to stop, when the entire Cloward Pivot strategy is realized and the United States is in the ash heap of history. Because for and you know, and this is this is uh, this is ironic to me. I'm going to just just be kind of weird here for a second. We've got a situation in which we are in the greatest country in the history of the world. Now it's it's a it's a mere shadow of what it was because of corruption. But they don't care about that. They want to burn it to the ground. This is what Lucifer always does. He he doesn't care about anything but himself, about his pride and his narcissism and and you know and all the things that he wants for himself. That's why he stays. Think about this for a second. The entity that's running this world, the Bible says we're not against, you know, flesh and blood, but against these principalities in these higher places. So we're talking about the fallen angels and Lucifer. He's so stupid and so arrogant that even though he knows that God is omnipresent, can see the beginning and the future. He says, I'm the alpha, I'm the omega, I'm the beginning and the end. He stages a coup against God. And basically, you know, we talked about this in angel wars and tried to overthrow God and get into God's dimension. And God knew in advance what he was going to do. In other words, it's like trying to fight a war and everybody knows your plans. You know, years ago, I mean, when Florida State played for the national championship, when we were out in Pasadena, the Rose Bowl. I remember one of our players came running up to, you know, our coach and said, coach, coach, they're calling our plays before we play our plays. They know them from their sidelines in advance. And we were way behind on the game. We couldn't win. We couldn't move the football. Why? Because they already knew what we were going to do in advance. That's the irony of all of this stuff. We have the United States of America, probably the greatest capitalism free enterprise system, greatest republic in the history of the planet, and suddenly they don't like it anymore, so they've got to destroy it, they've got to take it down, with no other way of trying to fix it to make it better, just destroy it. I'm going to burn it to the ground, we're going to destroy everything, because out of chaos will come their new world order. That's their mantra. They don't care about you, they don't care about me, they don't care about anybody. All they want to do is come rob, kill, steal, and destroy, because that's from their father. And when you understand that, you start to say, wait a minute, this, this is crazy. Right now, there's another interesting article, the U.S. is painting itself into a corner in the Red Sea. Joe Biden admits his mental confusion. He must think that he is John McCain reincarnated. I bet he's humming, bomb, 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 bomb Iran. This is funny. I haven't read this yet. You know how it Iranians and the Yemens, and they all look alike? While bombs are causing some damage in Yemen, Yemen has seen it before and is unfazed. In fact, the bombing appears to be strengthening the resolve of Yemen to continue its blockade of the Red Sea. The United States does not have enough bombs to force Yemen to surrender. Why? Because we gave them to the Ukrainians. <laughs> <laughs> and now the Ukraine's using them against us. But it answers it this way. Well, Yemen's rockets and missile force is mobile. They can move dozens of missiles at the same time. Where do they get the mobile missile launchers? Da, 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 da. I mean, I'm like, come on, guys. Where do they get the mobile missile launchers? Lockheed. You know, Lockheed, which, which forces the United States, notwithstanding the robust ISR, the Israeli areas, to find needles in the haystack that is in Yemen. The U.S. can kill and destroy some, but not all. But that's not the big problem. The U.S. Navy does not have the ability to sustain its presence off the coast of Yemen. My friend Stephen Brayen has written his, his usual excellent article detailing the problem. The first answer relates to the number of missiles aboard a ship. U.S. ships are relying on SM-2 missiles, part of the Aegis system. One expert estimates the number available as follows. The Aegis destroyers have a complement of 96 cells, while the Ticantarota cruisers, cruisers have 122. However, they need a fit mixture of weaponry in those cells so they can't be all used for air defense. That includes... ESSM quad packed into a single cell, SM2 and a newer counterpart, Tomahawk cruise missiles. The exact ratio of these weapons is largely dependent on the mission and possible threats faced. However, at least 200 ESSM and another 100 or so SM2 or SM6 seem to be a fair guess, maybe a bit more. In short, each can carry around 100 missiles. So what they're saying is they don't have enough missiles to try to stop any of this stuff. They don't have the ability to do that. You know what Yemen is showing how a so-called, this also said a second ago, so-called 
third-rate military yeah. can effectively bankrupt the naval power of the superpower, <laughs> the neocons urging Biden to attack Iran are math challenged. Iran has more missiles, drones, and rockets than Yemen because I'm sure they got them from Ukraine, too. <laughs> if little Yemen is doing this to the United States, just imagine the havoc that Iran could cause. Washington is like a degenerative gambler who is playing a losing game of blackjack, and instead of accepting his losses, Joe Biden seems intent on doubling down and destroying the reputation of the U.S. Navy, which has already been destroyed, as the most powerful force in the world. I suspect that the Russians and the Chinese are enjoying some heaping buckets of buttered popcorn to say, watch the spectacle of national suicide. But remember, the Russians and the Japanese, the Jap Russians and China and the Japanese all have central banks that are Rothschild controlled. It's the same guys controlling all of this stuff. It's like Rothschild said, his mom said, if my son wants a war, we're going to have a war. If my son doesn't want a war, we're not going to have a war. And that's what we have to look at here. Who's behind the curtain? And now they're telling us that the mighty, the mighty U.S. Navy, the most powerful warships in the world, can't fight a bunch of rebels, Austin, in Yemen because they have mobile missile launchers. Well, what about bringing F-16s into Yemen and basically finding them with their tracking systems so they can knock them out that way? But we, we would need to watch. We have to launch some missiles, some Tomahawk missiles that are millions and millions of dollars apiece. Oh, that's right. I guess Lockheed Martin needed to have some more boosts as far as their sales. What do you think, Austin? You got to remember the military industrial complex has to have war. They cannot function without war. And when they start having stockpiles of munitions, the contracts are not buying up. They have to figure out how to have more conflicts in order to get those stockpiles bought up and sent over to other countries. Hence why we sent so many of the older weapon systems that were already two and three years old over to Ukraine because they had to move the stuff out of inventory. It's just, it's the same thing every single day. So I just want to get the information out there to you guys and make your own decision on it. Also to another news, give everybody a heads up. I told you guys last week, ERCOT out in Texas now is giving a record-breaking conservative appeal for Texans as a polar vortex. They said it's going to spark enormous amount of power outages and to consume power ahead of a tight grid condition. This, again, in my opinion, is another aspect of weather warfare that we've watched year after year after year in order to control the narrative with the continual freezing temperatures that are going to be hitting all across the country in the next couple of days. So be ready and be prepared for that, which I'm sure most of you are already. Also, to another health news, this is something as wild as well. The Norwegian Food Safety Authority has now approved genetically modified canola oil for use in farm salmon. This is why I've said for years— do not eat farm salmon, period. I will not eat it. If I'm out at a restaurant and they do not have wild-caught fish or wild-caught salmon, I won't touch fish in a restaurant. I won't buy fish unless it's wild-caught, period. They said the canola oil is genetically engineered. Listen to this. It's genetically engineered to contain omega-3 long-chain fatty acids instead of just omega-6. The GM canola oil called patented NSB50024-4. It sounds really healthy. It's WD-40. Yeah, exactly what it is. <laughs> was developed as a land-based source of marine fatty acids. It is touted as environmentally beneficial for farmed salmon. The wild fish get their omega-3s from eating algae. Of course, wild fish or farm fish don't have algae available. Wild fish stocks are saying are depleted, so the amount of fish oil and salmon feed has decreased. The new patented Aquaterra omega-3 canola oil is being promoted as sustainable in the media by Nofema a Norwegian research institute that conducts research and development for the aquaculture industry, and scientists have carried out research on the Aquaterra omega-3 canola oil, saying it's safe and healthy for fish to eat, so it should be safe and healthy for you to eat those fish after they feed them the GMO canola oil. This, again, is more and more controlled aspects of the food supply. Be very, very cautious of what you're eating. I've heard people over the years that say, listen, 
everything's contaminated. Everything's got stuff in it. It really doesn't matter anymore. And quite frankly, there's there's some validity to that argument <laughs> in some cases. However, when you start it's looking, sad. It's, sad. Yeah, it's sad. But when you start looking at stuff now that is being so directly contaminated, not just by natural, <laughs> natural pollution, by environmental pollution and other aspects, we're directly modifying certain oils that we have no idea what's going to do as far as in human beings. And we're feeding them the animals that we're going to eat you got to ask yourself the question, what's really going to happen as far as long-term and the health of individuals that eat this stuff? Also, too, because, you know, climate change is what they're saying. All this is having to be constantly pushed on. The new Canadian government, allegedly run by the incredibly insane individual Justin Trudeau, they're now saying climate change is a reason to restrict Canadians. Is not a move from the Liberal Party's myth of man-made global warming. They said the Trudeau government is lobbying to include climate change and the whose definition of pandemic emergency now. So now they want to put climate change under the umbrella of a pandemic. They're now saying, according to the liberal government under the leadership of Justin Trudeau, they're requesting the World Health Organization expand its definition of a pandemic to include climate change. Uh-huh. All countries prepare to finalize the WHO global pandemic accordance in May. The liberals have been lobbying to allow this to have climate change under the umbrella meaning they can now come in and say, because remember, the who's getting ready in April. They want to finalize this whole program that the World Health Organization has the legal ability to state every country that's under the who to basically be required to follow all restrictions, all mandates, all guidelines, all laws that the who comes up with out of, out of thin air. doesn't matter. We're, nobody's elected in the who. Nobody votes in the who. So the who comes in, this World Health Organization, they say, listen, We've now determined climate change is a new pandemic. Everybody is only allowed to drive 100 miles per day. That's it, maximum. Actually, we decided, no, 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 no. The safe and effective is 40 miles per day. If you drive more than that, you have to buy more climate tokens. You could drive more, but you've got to pay more if you want to drive. This is what all this stuff is coming under. It's all about controlling the narrative, controlling transport, controlling people's ability to live freely. And now the fact that they even have the audacity to make a comment like this shows you they're pulling out all the stops and they're going for everything. They're going for all the marbles, Ned. And so, again, you have, people have to ask the question, what are we going to comply with? What are we going to go along with if they start pushing this stuff out there? Are we going to be like a lot of us were down here in Florida during COVID and say, absolutely not? Or we can act like a lot of people did in California where they allowed, you know, you know, skate parks to be filled up with dirt and basketball courts to be locked up and paddleboarders to be arrested for simply being out in the water. I guess time will tell as far as the resilience of the American population and which states are going to comply and which states are going to simply go along with it. Well, you know, DeSantis is now saying that he's going to make Cal Fauci hold him accountable if he becomes president. Of course, DeSantis doesn't have a snowball no. chance in Florida on black asphalt in the middle of August at 120 degree temperature of becoming president of the United States right now. I guess he hasn't bowed his knee strong enough yet to the Kabbalist Luciferian synagogue of Satan. So, I mean, so he's that point right now. Um, you know, it's mind-boggling to me, Austin. You, you ask that question, you know, where will we go? How will we comply? Well, we're, now we're on our eighth booster. You know, in the two years from now, we'll be on our 15th or 16th or 20th booster. Yeah. And people will still be injecting themselves. And pretty much everybody that I've spoken to now who's had the injection, pretty much everybody, not everybody, but almost everybody, 99% of them have said, we regret our decision having taken that. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I remember when we were down in uh, Miami. Remember, I, we flew down there to look at a car. And I remember I went over to a, a deli, and they told me, they said, uh, you, and this is the craziest thing. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm, by the, I'm by the door. There's a chair right beside me, and there's a table right with the chair, and the counter's like two feet away. And I said to them, 
I need to order some basic sandwiches for the guys that were with us on the trip to flight. And they said, you can't do that because you have to be standing here at the counter with a mask on. And I said, the counter's two feet from the table. Can I sit at the table without my mask on, which is okay, and order two feet away? No, you can't do that. You have to stand at the counter, you know, with a mask. And I said, well, I'll be happy to give you a big tip if you bring the sandwich to me. I'm good. No, you have to stand here, peasant. They didn't say that because I'm bigger than this little pencil neck. And, and, you know, I'm going to stop for one second before I say something I should not have said here this morning. You know, it's amazing to me when people are given a tiny little bit of authority. <laughs> I'm just, I can't even make this up. Like airline attendants, all right? You have to force everybody to wear a mask or you have the authority now to throw them off the plane and put them on the blacklist. Okay, so they have the ability now to have a little bit of authority. So you have a guy who weighs, and I'm not picking on some small guy. You got a guy who shows up at 80 pounds. He's like six feet tall. He's standing behind the counter. He's looking at me and saying, you have to sit. You have to stand here and put your mask on before I let you order. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. Well, then we're not going to serve you. And I said, I'm going to put it to you a different way. I'm not going to buy anything from you, and I'm leaving now. So I walked next door to Publix. And it was kind of funny because I ordered an entire rotisserie green rice chicken from Publix. And the girl now is, you know, five feet behind me behind the counter. She goes, you don't have a mask on. I said, I don't have to have a mask on. This is Florida. It's a free state. Give me a chicken. And so she begrudgingly hands me the bird. And I thought to myself, wow. So now here we have it. I'm walking back across the street with a bird in tow, you know, in a bag. And we're sitting like a bunch of doggone barbarians tearing pieces of chicken off in the back room of this dealership eating chicken. And I thought to myself, this has become a strange world, but I did not wear the mask. And that's the same dealership where Austin had been there six months earlier. And the guy was great shape. He gets the vaccine. We come back and he's sick as a dog, been out of the hospital two or three times. This is some crazy stuff that's going on right now. And so, you know, and so you sit back and you look at it, you go, well, this is just ludicrous, but it is. But the question is, is like Austin said a minute ago, how far will we go the next time? How far will they tell us that we have to go? When you see videos of people dying of Ebola in the street with blood pouring out of their eyes, I promise you there'll be another line at the local grocery store for people to get vaccines. I'm letting you know that's going to happen. And everybody's going to be scared to death again. They're going to push the narrative harder and harder and harder until they depopulate the planet, which is their goal. Now, this is an interesting article. I'm, I'm just going to talk about this for a second. Change the subject. It says, it's the economy, stupid. The real reason so many young people are living with their parents. Now, I'm going to stop this for one second. It's not the economy. It's, it has something a little bit to do with it, but it's not the whole story. It says, young adults used to dream of moving out of their parents' homes and into their own apartments, but living alone has become a luxury not everyone can afford. According to a recent study by Intuit Credit Karma, 31% of Generation Zs are now living with their parents because they can't afford to rent or buy their own place overall. Overall, 11% of the American adults are still living at home with their parents, 11%. The current housing market is many Americans making adjustments to the living situations, and many are moving back in with their families. Now, I'm going to cover this a little bit different than you think I probably would. I don't have a bit of problems with the kids living at home. Just letting you know that, as long as they maintain respect for you and maintain the rules that you have for your household. You know, for generations in this country, people would have a home in which they would add on to put a little guest quarters on for another family member or for the husband and the wife when they got married, one of the children, and they continue to have a family unit. I've got a good friend of mine, uh, Lenny, and he's Italian. He used to live up there, you know, in Buffalo, and they had a big, like, four-story home they lived in, and every story of the home basically was another family unit that was part of their family, and everybody stayed together, and everybody split the bills. You know, 
I don't have a problem with that. It's the, the, this, it's the dissolution of the nuclear family, which has caused so many problems. You have one sister who lives in Buffalo, another sister who lives in Denver, another sister who lives in, you know, in, in LA, another brother who lives in Toronto, and there is no longer a nuclear family. Everybody's split up, and so we don't have the unity of the family at home anymore, and so we don't have the unity as far as that family working together to support one another. I don't have a problem with kids living at home. Again, as long as they have a job, that's really important. They have to work. They can't lay around the house and eat your food until they're 50 years old. Well, I guess they could, but they shouldn't. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous, right, Austin? I've got, I've got a, another friend of mine. He's got three or four kids, and they all live at home. Nobody wants to work, and it's, it's the craziest thing you've ever seen. And the thing about it is, is that you have to ask yourself a question. Where do they learn all of this stuff? And that would be the educational system. That's cultural Marxism. Nope. It might as well go ahead and not work and basically get free stuff. And if our parents are going to give us free stuff, let's let them get free stuff. So it's crazy when this kind of stuff happens because you don't realize it. Now, of course, the housing and rental costs have gone through the roof. Used to be a house that you could rent for eight or nine hundred dollars a month. It's two thousand now. I spoke to a young lady yesterday. She lives down there close to Punta Gorda. She has a five hundred square foot apartment, five hundred square feet. Her rent is eighteen hundred dollars a month, Austin. And I mean, it's a single bedroom. It's a studio at that point. It's a, no, it's what it is. Yeah. It's a studio apartment. Of course, she has to have her two dogs. And now, and now, now so one thing about this is, I mean, I'm not going to fuss here for a second about animals. God, I love animals. I did have that last week with parasites. You know, do you really need animals if you can't afford to pay your bills? Do you really need animals if you can't afford to feed your children, if you can't afford the utility bill? That's the question I've got. Is it something that you need to have? And see, during the Great Depression, that's exactly what happened, too. People started getting rid of their cats and their dogs and everything else. Because rather than neglect them, they let them up for adoption. So think through it all and how you can consolidate bills and how you can consolidate housing, all of this stuff. Because I'll be honest with you, if I knew the economy was going to collapse, if I knew the, the entire planet was going to collapse, I'd rather have the people that I like near me and to trust me with. Am I right, Austin? Oh, 100%. I mean, I mean, I mean I, I've, said, I've said this before. Who, would, who do you want to be in a trench with? Some of this complete stranger. And I'm talking about like if you're in a trench in a warfare situation. You want a complete stranger beside you, or do you want somebody basically that you've trained to do what they're supposed to do? And I've used this before too. I don't care who the person is beside me. If they're fighting the bad guys, by that point in time, they're my comrade. You know, to use a Russian term, they're my friend, they're my associate, they're my ally, whatever you call it. And see, that's the thing you need to understand. We're all in this together. That's why I pray for you guys every single day. That's why I tell you to put on the full armor of God and to stand your ground. That's why I talk to you about Jesus all the time. I talk to you about the real under pinnings and the machinations that are going on behind the scenes. That's why I covered what I did on that first segment today. I want you guys to realize that we're in this together. Me and you and Austin, our families, we're praying for you guys. Thank you for your support of Health Masters. If you weren't doing that, we couldn't be here today. Austin, go ahead and close it up. What do you think? Hey, you're 100% accurate on that. And I've, I've talked about this many times because I feel like so much now, especially in the Christian community and the Patriot community, everybody gets in this mode now where it's like if somebody has, has even a slight disagreement with your topic, with your thoughts, with your ideas, suddenly it's like, well, we, we can't even associate with each other anymore. We disagree on this one topic. That's some of the most simple-minded, stupidest ideology you can possibly have right now in this current time in the United States, period. Everybody's going to have different opinions. Everybody's going to have different ideas. Everybody's going to have different beliefs on certain things. Now, does it mean if someone is diametrically opposed to everything you believe, you can really find something in common? Sometimes no. But if you know, you, like I said before, you grade it on a 70, 80%, 70 to 80% of what you're talking about and you believe that they believe and you're all on the same page, that's still a C, that's still a B, 90% an A. That's still very, very, very good grades. So you got to look at the stuff and kind of evaluate it and not be so petty. I feel like social media and a lot of the the aspects of the internet now has made people so stinking petty about certain things. With one minor little thing that someone doesn't agree on, or one minor little topic 
that somebody may not go along with, it suddenly sparks this aspect where you've been friends for four or five years and now you don't want to talk anymore. Now, again, I've got it. If somebody does something egregious and they continue to do it and they don't apologize, like I want to do this, do this, do this, and this, then you got to evaluate whether or not you want to be friends with them. Also, too, speaking of being able to be protective and also standing on what you believe, this is nutty here. You guys are going to find this one out now. Again, Google and their aspect of monitoring and AI and recording and spying on you knows no bounds. Google has now launched a new data collection project hiring contractors to gather facial recognition data from children, offering parents $50 to anyone that participates in this program. The 404 Media reports the project revolves around Google collecting specific data, including eyelid shape and skin tone of children. Parents are, parents are asked to film their children wearing various props such as hats and sunglasses. TELUS, acting on Google's behalf, is paying parents $50 for this data collection effort. The primary objective of the project is to build data sets for machine learning, AI, and facial recognition technologies. I'm going to say this really clear. If you participate in this with your children, you are a grade A moron. You do not deserve to be a parent, period. You're giving your protection and your privacy of your minor children up for $50. That is embarrassing. Google, this should never be allowed to have happening. There should be stops and restrictions on anyone under the age of 18 being recorded and having their information data logged and sent over to this. We already know what's going on with child trafficking. We already know what's going on with child pornography online. It has gotten horrific now. We already know how the AI has gotten involved in this stuff. This is a very, very serious problem. And the fact that AI and Google and these platforms now are not only being allowed to collect this data, they're now paying people for this data and incentivizing them to get it. Again, be smart, be an American, be a parent, and by all means, protect your children at all costs. And this is not how to do it whatsoever. This is, this is embarrassing to the highest form. And so, again, you've got to ask yourself a question. How far are we going to go along with this insanity at some case point in time? How long are you going to sit there and allow things to happen and engage in them? This is why I've said before, vote with your dollar, vote with your wallet. If there's a movie, if there's a program, if there's a business, if there's something that's going on that you do not agree with, just because somebody wants you to go to it or just because your children say, I want to go see this movie, doesn't mean you have to support it. Remember, when children are growing up, as I said at the very beginning of the show, you want to give them choices so they can learn how to make choices, but they've got to be controlled aspects. If your children say they want ice cream and chicken nuggets every single day for breakfast, that doesn't mean you give them chicken and ice cream every single day for breakfast. Just because they say they want something doesn't mean you give it to them. Same thing with iPads, same thing with video games, same thing with iPhones. Do your research and control exactly what they're being exposed to on this because this isn't a joke anymore. They are trying to do everything they can to corrupt these young children. So again, my friends, keep the truth out there. Keep continually standing up for what you believe. By all means, if you need anything, check out the website at healthmasters.com for your highest quality supplement needs. The N-acetylcysteine right now on sale for two more days, product of the week, 12% off, one of the most effective detoxifying formulas you could possibly get on the market. Very high dose NAC, very effective. Look it up if you want to do some more research on it. If you got any questions, so call it You guys have a blessed, awesome night. We'll talk again this show here for you guys tomorrow. As always, have a good one.
Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network. 